Hello and welcome to a brand new episode brought to you on the Four Eyed Radio Network. If you want to see more shows, eh, check out foureyedradio.com, eh? Sorry about that. Previously on Ranger Command Power Hour. Honestly, I don't think we're going to see this movie for at least another three years. Yeah. I mean, with filming, if that's to say if they don't rush it. If they treat this like a normal Hollywood production, and you got the writing phase, the casting, I'm pretty sure they don't even have a script for this yet. Taking all that I into account. I heard that there was, but I don't think there actually is one. It was on a, um, I don't remember the name of the Facebook. But it, it said something on the Facebook when they, they had announced on their own page that they were making a new movie, something about the first script being put in, but I don't even believe that was true either. I think at this point it's just an idea and they're working on it. So my thing is, let's wait and see i wouldn't trust a source unless it's an official press release from saban brands or release yeah definitely or release from the power force like officially and now on ranger command power hour hey hey, hey, hey. it's the ranger command power hour Today on the Power Hour, Episode 16, Ranger Roundtable, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Reboot Movie Crew, recorded on July 16th, 2014. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. It's time to Ranger Up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. And I'm Zach, also known as the Cinema Slob. This episode is brought to you by Raven Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit ravencruise.com. Today we have our first Ranger Roundtable discussing the news that broke yesterday regarding the crew for the new Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie reboot. Joining us is Lee, also known as Monkey Ranger from the Monkey Grid. Hello, Tokusatsu fandom! We have Mir, also known as Nightmare 10 from the Power Scoop. Welcome back, Mir. Thank you. Hey, guys. We have Matt Spada, also known as Bolt Matrix, from Bolt Matrix Reviews on YouTube. Hey, Matt. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's outside mowing his yard. <laughs> Next, we have RJ, also known as the infamous Uchi, and Anime Redneck 96 on Twitter. Welcome, RJ. Yeehaw! All right. And finally, last but certainly not least, we have Chris, also known as Wrinkle or Kickback, from tokunation.com and the Talkin' Toku podcast. Hey, Chris. Hi, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> what, were you expecting Hi, something more? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> well, welcome everyone to the Ranger Roundtable. This is our first where we have pretty much everyone in the fandom sound off on the new breaking news that just happened. Kind of odd since our last episode, Mir and I talked about these unfounded rumors going around. And we said never trust a source unless it's an official press release from Saban Brands or from the Power Force. And what do we get a week later? We got this amazing news that was broken by the Hollywood Reporter. And they originally broke the story on July 15th. 
and it was confirmed by members of the Power Force. Our own past guest co-host, Mr. Yellow, actually found a graphic from Saban Brands that hinted this news was coming two days before the story broke. So we actually have to give him props for actually finding that, and that kind of went under the radar from everyone. Getting into the actual announcement. Hollywood Reporter announced that Power Ranger movie enlists X-Men writers, and they announced this as an exclusive to their site. Additionally, Roberto Orsi is joining the film as executive producer and will develop the story with Ashley Miller and Zach Stentz. The upcoming movie is being developed by Lionsgate and rights holder Saban Brands and will be scripted by X-Men first class writers Ashley and Zach. Additionally, Roberto Orsi, one of the screenwriters behind Transformers and the Star Trek movies, is coming on board as an executive producer. Orsi recently split with screenwriting partner Alex Kurtzman and has formed a new venture called Sneaky Shark. Orsi will develop the movie's story along with Miller and Stentz, with the latter two handling screenwriting duties. The movie promises to completely re-envision the Rangers, a group of high school kids who are infused with unique superpowers but must harness and use those powers as a team if they have any hope of saving the world. Haim Saban, who created the franchise, will produce Power Rangers with Saban Brand's head of development and production, Brian Cassantini. Also producing is Allison Shearmer, who oversaw The Hunger Games when she was Lionsgate's president of production and recently produced Disney's Cinderella. In addition to First Class, Miller and Stentz have screenwriting credit on Marvel's Thor and have worked on the Sarah Connor Terminator TV series. They also worked with Orsi on Fringe, the cult TV show he created with Kurtzman. In addition to three Transformers movies and two Star Trek films, Orsi's writing credits include Mission Impossible 3, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and Cowboys and Aliens, among several others. And... That is the huge news. First, we're just going to go around the table, so to speak, and just kind of sound off. First, Chris, what are your thoughts? Oh, wow. Spotlight right away. Um, (laughs) I'm one of those fans who... I love Power Rangers. I enjoy Power Rangers quite a bit. I was very skeptical when the movie was first announced just because I still find it hard to believe that you'll be able to capture an audience that's going to be interested in five teenagers with attitude getting spandex and running around in a giant robot. That wasn't very realistic then and the only chance I really thought this movie had would be if they took a realistic turn with it and I can explain that later on but I I want to say if this movie has a chance of being successful that chance increased with the creative team they've put together so far. Now, obviously, we still have to wait for a director and for a cast, but this is definitely a step in a very positive direction, and I think Power Ranger fans have every right to be excited for it because this is great news. Agreed. Matt, what are your thoughts? I think this is great news. I think this is the best we could have hoped for. Orsi has a lot of experience in bringing franchises that were, let's face it, campy to the big screen. I mean, look look at Star Trek. He's also right. been executive producer on Sleepy Hollow. He was executive yeah. producer on Transformers Prime, which was an excellent Transformers series. He's <laughs> also working on The Mummy, which is supposedly a retelling of the original horror movie way back in the black and white era. Star Trek, the reboot, is one of my favorite films from the past couple of years. And like Chris said, it's going to really depend on a director. 
But yeah. we've got a fantastic team so far. We've got strong writers who, let's face it, X-Men over the past couple of years has been pretty boring until First Class. Yeah. First Class was good. It was solid. And they also did screenwriting on Thor, which I thought was a solid movie, considering the source material that, you know, Marvel was dealing with. Thor was a much different movie than what you were getting with Captain America or Iron Man, but it was still a very good movie. But we've got a solid team here. We have a solid team right out of the gate. Now all we need is a director, and then we'll see what happens with the casting. Mir, how about you? I think... With what we have so far, it could be pretty good. Fringe was one of my all-time favorite TV shows at the time it was airing. And I think if they want to bring a bit of a dark twist to this movie, considering it's still a movie geared towards kids, I don't think it would be that dark. What I'm worried about is who they're possibly going to have as a director and how they're going to direct the actors. Like we've seen with the casting for the TV show that they do have good ideas for scripts that don't actually get to be used or they have good plot lines and everything, the actors themselves aren't directed in a way that can make it really come to life and be as great as it is. In general, I think we have something that could be really great, but I'm worried about the rest of that. Yeah, I think the team that they've already put together with Roberto Orsi and the writers, I think it's a solid team. They just need an equally as good director and cast to back it up. Not Definitely. Budget. Lee, what are your thoughts? All right. I really, especially once I heard the name Roberto Orsi, once I noticed that he was going to be on the film, I really started to get excited because I'm a huge fan of his work. I do have to say that I feel like I'm one of the very few that actually was unabashedly proud of the Transformers film because of what they were, not as compared to the original Transformers. And after seeing the Star Trek movies, I felt like, you know, those were, they felt like my Star Trek movies, mm-hmm. though I grew up with the next generation. Right. So to see him sign on to this movie, I have, I have a lot of hope. And considering that this is going to be also in Lionsgate's hands, Lionsgate has a very good track record with their movies. Especially the last five years. Exactly. They don't play around. But the thing that's really going to help this movie go is the fans the fans have to believe that this movie is going to work because without them, it's going to tank. So the one thing that everyone has to get through their heads that just because it's a new Power Rangers movie, it's not going to affect the Power Rangers of the past. It's not going to ruin your childhood, so to speak, because you, you can't touch what's ar- what already exists. kind of have to move forward, and it's okay to be cautious, but also keep an open mind. Well said. RJ, what are your thoughts? Like Lee said, I like the Transformers movies for what they are. I was growing up with them more than I did the Unicron trilogy. So they were very good with Orchie there. And wasn't it Lionsgate that did Pacific Rim? I don't think so. Legendary? I think it was Legendary. That was yeah, Legendary. Okay. But either way, all the guys they have so far are very good with CGI or have experience with CGI-hyped yes. movies. What The only thing I'm looking forward to the movie is, as I am with any Power Ranger series, is the Megazord-style stuff. How are they going to have the giant robots in the city without it being destroyed from Avengers-style destroyed? Or even Superman yeah. <laughs> destroyed, <laughs> which would be horrible. Oh, God, that was, that was terrible. <laughs> no, not the Walmart! 
You were supposed to save us, not bankrupt us. <laughs> Are we going to see like giant Pacific Rim style robots fighting mm. a Godzilla monster style fight like that, and then the whole city gets destroyed, and then we get sequels and stuff that pretty much don't explain anything for that? Hey, just like the TV show. So. <laughs> Zach, what are your thoughts? When I first got the news and, and I saw that it was going to be Roberto Orsi, I was ecstatic. Just like Lee, just like RJ, I'm a huge fan of his work. Loved the Star Trek films. Loved the uh, work he did on Transformers Prime. He is a very competent and talented behind-the-scenes guy. And so to, to bring him in on this project is fantastic. I'm so excited to hear that I'm not the only one who's excited about this because it seemed to me like when the news broke, everybody was complaining and, oh, he did this movie, which is bad. He did this movie, which is bad. This movie is going to be bad. We are going to just ignore it outright. And I think that's the wrong mindset to have. You have to look at the good he's done and say to yourself, this is what Power Rangers can be. You don't want to look at it and be like, oh, okay, so... He did work on the Transformers movies, which are terrible, so the Power Rangers movie is going to be just as terrible, so all they need now is Michael Bay to direct, and then it's really going to be terrible. Don't look at it like that, you know? Think positive. I cannot stand negativity. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah, I'm very excited, and again, the writing team has a lot of great credits. X-Men First Class is a fantastic film, probably one of my favorites. like Thor a lot. I only saw a couple of episodes, but the Terminator show is fantastic. I'm looking forward to seeing what comes up. Well, with my thoughts regarding the negativity around Roberto Orsi, his movies, it's very divided. Either people really love it or they really think it stinks because you've got two sides of the fandom for any one of his genre movies, like Transformers. Some people really like those movies. Some people can't stand Revenge of the Fallen. Star Trek. A lot of the older fans don't like the new Star Trek movies for a multitude of reasons, and they don't like the work. I'm the biggest Trekkie around. I mean, it's in my screen name. I'm as much a Star Trek fan as a Power Rangers fan. And while I did find fault in some of the movies, I can recognize what they did for the franchise, which is reboot it, reinvigorize it, and prep it for a new generation of fans who go back and discover all the old series and you get this new generation of fans. So I think this is going to be a complete shot in the arm for Power Rangers and especially gearing up for the 25th anniversary. I know we just got done with the 20th, but I think this movie can keep the franchise going for another 10, 20, 25 years. My hope is what this movie does for Power Rangers, the original 2007 movie did for Transformers. I mean, Transformers is huge now. Yeah. I just want to interject real quick, too. Uh, Zach and Eric, I think I was talking to you guys when they uh, we did like a supplemental when they first announced the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I mentioned the similarities between Power Rangers and Transformers and the movies and stuff like that. I think they're listening to your podcast and totally steal the idea. <laughs> Let's bring the Transformer guys on the Power Rangers. They're right. Let's do it. Yeah. Oh, no. Wait. That means we suggested Michael Bay. No. Don't do no. that. No, not Michael Bay. <laughs> we keep Michael Bay out, but we bring in his explosions. 
I made the joke on Facebook to Chris. I said, God forbid Michael Bay ends up directing this. People are going to be coming out of the woodwork saying how much, oh, no, that's perfect because I love explosions in Power Rangers. I was always a Kalish fan. No, you weren't. <laughs> well, you, you know, for bigger explosions, they're just going to use bigger rocks. <laughs> Why is this boulder on the sidewalk in the middle of the city? In Michael Bay's movies, they always put cars on catapults. So, hey, come on. I think we're going to have a lot of cars on catapults in this movie, especially with a Megazord tramping around downtown Angel Grove. I want to go back to the make. I think it was uh, Uchi was mentioning uh, how the Megazords are going to look. One thing I think we can definitely take away from Pacific Rim, the fights are going to be at night. It's probably going to be raining because those giant robots, and Guillermo del Toro actually said this on the Blu-ray special editions, it was really next to impossible to do the Jaegers in bright sunlight and have that fidelity going. Now, it could change in the next few years. We don't get a lot of that in Power Rangers to begin with. I mean, we, we got a lot of night fight. Well, we had a big night fight at the beginning of Dino Thunder, but we really didn't see anything of that caliber in Power Rangers since. It would be a welcome change to see some night fights. It would be something they could bring back into this movie because they had the sword fight in the first movie as well. I was just going to say what Mir said is that <laughs> it would be a nice callback because in the first Mighty Morphin It was Marvel, a night fight. It was a night Zord fight. So making it a night fight again wouldn't be such a big deal. And you know it's going to be at the end of the movie also because that's going to be the piece de resistance for the end of the movie. Building up to that, and we as fanboys and girls are going to be sitting there going, come on, where are the Zords? Zords appear. Yay! Yeah, as soon as they say, we need Megazord power now, I'm going to flip. I'm just going to let that I think we need to be careful, though, because we're getting ahead of ourselves. They yes, might not even are. do a Megazord fight in the first movie. I, oh, I, no, no, I think they'd be crazy not to. It's such a staple of the franchise. To not include Zords would be shooting themselves in the foot. Well, how do you think that would work, Chris? Is it, Do you imagine this as part of a trilogy and, you know, the first movie they discover their powers and uh, the well, second movie they kind of get into it or – what do you think? Obviously, no one's going to hear the talk and token podcast. This is me and a couple of the guys were just talking about this yesterday. I think the biggest key to this movie and it being a success to either casual fans or people who don't watch Power Rangers or haven't seen it since 1993 is you have to have a realism factor to it. Right. Meaning, you know, the one thing that I laugh about the original Power Rangers is they just happen to pick five teenagers in high school who just happen to be best friends right off the bat. My opinion, I think a cool movie for the first movie would be exactly what you know they say in the press release. They they get five teenagers who have to learn to work together. Why not get five teenagers from five different cliques, so to speak, and let's make uh, it real. Cliques don't get along. Jocks don't like the goths or the emos or whatever you call them now. The, you know the the band geek. No one you know they have their own little thing. The drama actor. If you get all those clicks together, it's not going to work. You have to spend a movie getting them to work together. And if you want to throw a Megazord fight into it, sure, you can probably do that at the end. But, you know, all these people are like, oh, you know, JDF needs to be in it. We need the Green Ranger right away. Blah, blah. No, we don't. No, I don't, no, I don't, think, no. I don't you, think that's going to happen. who shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have someone drop out soon. Do we just oh, have to learn anything from the crossover? <laughs> no, I shot you. 
Oh, I, I recovered. Oh, okay. Sure. He got better. <laughs> I got, got better. better. <laughs> so, Chris, what you just described really sounds like the real world Power Rangers. Well, it, it's got to be realistic, though. I mean, that's the thing. The thing that made the first Transformers movie so successful was a storyline that felt real. You had a kid who was getting his first car, and he just yeah. happens to get an alien that's in the middle of the intergalactic <laughs> war. It was a believable story, and it got everyone's imagination going. You're like, that is actually pretty cool. Star Trek, when it came out, it did a great job of reinventing classic yeah. characters that our parents grew up with that now we got to grow up with, and my my father loved it. He thought that they did a great job taking those same characters and re-envisioning them in today's world. You have to do that with Power Rangers if you want it to be a successful movie to the casual audience. The mm-hmm. fans, yes, of course fans will go see it, but guess what? You take all the diehard Power Ranger fans, you're going to break in maybe $2 million at the box office. you got to get the casual fans. you got to get... The people who are just like, you know what, that looks like a fun movie to go watch. I'm going to go and take my kids. You have to get those people, and to do that, you need a story that's engaging, is real, feels real, and can spark people's imaginations when they're sitting in the audience. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think Pacific Rim did that? Pacific Rim? I would know. I actually have never seen Pacific Rim. Uh, uh, Wait, what? uh, What? What? Well, I know what we're doing at Power Matt, I'll take that question. When I saw Pacific Rim in the theaters, it sparked my inner six-year-old self. It was big freaking robots. It was huge monsters. It had that anime feel to it, but in live action. I don't care how bad some of the movie was in terms of dialogue or over-the-top ridiculousness of the fights. I was on the edge of my seat literally the entire movie. And it was because it captured a part of me that was like, I could totally get into this world. I could just dive right into all of this. I hope that's what Power Rangers does, this new movie, for a new audience. So do I. I I would agree with that. See, I have to agree with Chris because when, I believe it was the bios for the Megaforce Rangers were coming on and said that GN... Jake and Noah and Emma were all in different social groups and everything. I thought they were going to have it where they need to learn how to be friends with each other. I thought that would be a really good thing to bring to the show. So I agree with what he's saying, how that would really help with the movie. Because I'm worried that if it's something normal that like all the diehard Pirates fans already know, then it's not going to bring in a lot of people who don't, who haven't kept up with the show to go and see the movie. Now, all this talk about having the five teenagers be from different cliques and have conflicts, this is actually reminding me of a fan film project that's going on right now. It's connected with the Zordon of Eltar. They have a supplemental movie that they're doing called Teenagers with Attitude. And I don't know if anyone's following that project here, but the clips that they've posted it's very much the teens do not get along and they are forced to work together and you see those conflicts. It makes me so excited. I'm very excited. I think it's a good time for just the Power Rangers fandom in general. And I hope a lot of people get over the misconceptions they're already deciding upon right now in their minds. Keep an open mind because if you don't, you're probably going to miss out on something huge. I mean, they're probably still going to go see the movie anyway. 
every fandom has their own G1ers, so to speak, mm-hmm. that will always be vocal over what's wrong with the product, but they'll go see it anyway because they've got nothing better to do. Now, do you think since it's only been two months since the initial movie announcement, do you think that they are fast-tracking this to make it as soon as possible? Seeing as they made this announcement, it actually doesn't sound too far-fetched that they're trying to fast-track it, but I don't think it's a good idea if they want it to be a quality product. I agree. Yeah, I think that it may seem a little unusual that this is moving as fast as it is, Okay, what, it was announced, like, what, two, three months ago-ish? Two. Two? Okay, so to announce a creative team actually getting to work on it now isn't really that fast. I'm sure they want to get the best quality film out in a quick manner. The creative team will take some time writing the script. Once the script is written, that's when they'll have to start looking for a director, for actors, for the other people to fill in the gaps. And so I think that we won't hear another announcement like that probably for another few months. How many more Hunger's Games or movies are there? Uh, There's two more. Two, yeah. So there's going to be one this year. One next year. One next year. I bet you that Power Rangers will be in summer of 2016. I disagree. I honestly believe you're looking more at 2017. And the reason I say that is because there's so many things that go into planning the release of a movie, especially when you're trying to get a cool window release time to Mm -hmm. ensure that, you know, Kids aren't in school. It's the summer blockbuster right in the middle of summer. Movie studios fight to have, you know, 4th of July weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Transformers, I remember going toe-to-toe with one of the Marvel movies and Spider-Man. And just it's a vicious battle by studios. That being said, there's movies planned through 2016. I haven't heard anything planned for 2017 yet. I would be surprised. Don't yell at me. (laughs) (laughs) He's very sensitive. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of big-name movies coming out through at least 2016 that have already mm. been announced and have people getting excited for it and stuff like that. 2017? Okay, maybe there's one or two movies that are that have been announced for some time in 2017, but I just think that's a more feasible expectation. Plus, you got to look into all the things that go into it. It's like, okay, you have an executive producer and you have a writer. We know they've agreed to work on the movie. That's all we know, and for all we know, that could have just happened literally like three days ago and they made the announcement then. And plus, Roberto Orsi is going to be directing Star Trek to be released in 2016. So he's going to be busy up until the release just for that movie. Well, yeah, and you still have to get a director, and even then, depending on the director you want, they might not be available. They might be busy in another project. Right. The only only director that I know that's free is Michael Bay. (laughs) Oh, no. No! No! Well, two things. One, Orsi is executive producing uh, The Mummy, Van Helsing, Sneaker Cabinet, but he's already doing all of that, plus he's doing supposedly Star Trek Three. Yeah, as the director, as a first-time director. And being a first-time director, who knows what's going to happen there. So maybe it isn't going to be until 2017. And back to Chris's point of her joke about Michael Bay, in all honesty... I don't think Jaime Saban would put up the money for Michael Bay. Hey, hey, I do have a good idea. There's always Jonathan Frakes. 
Yes, first contact, best Star Trek movie ever. There's always I Jonathan I would not Frakes. disagree with that. I would be okay <laughs> with Jonathan Frakes. That'd be awesome. Well, let me and, just make, let me make an argument. No, okay, okay, let me let me rephrase this. I'm not making an argument for <laughs> Michael Bay, but I'm making the argument why it's possible. People say, okay. oh, they wouldn't want to bring the money, put the money forth. Keep in mind, Michael Bay is now the second most money-making director yeah. of all time. Yeah. That fool, as much as everyone hates him, he gets butts in the seats and sells yep. the popcorn, sells the ticket, and he's making billions upon billions yeah. of dollars for the studios that hire him. And in, all honesty, in all honesty, there's one thing that we know Haim Saban loves more than himself. It's, <laughs> it's <the> money. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Thanks for listening, Haim. Good. <laughs> And the podcast is shut down. To get, away, get him away from Paramount. Yeah. I bet you that Transformers 5, Bark at the Moon, is already in pre-production. Bark at the Moon? Sure, why not? That's what I heard. I, you're, you're so far away from the mic, Matt. It's... I am right up against the damn thing. <laughs> Turn up the game! <laughs> Matt, spin it around. Is this yeah. better or worse? <laughs> I can't tell. The eye doctor, better or worse? Better or worse? Going back to directors, Roberto Orsi, since he's executive producing this, he may choose a director that he's worked with in the past. I have no clue what directors he's worked with. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's entirely plausible that he would. However, off the top of my head, I don't know any that he's worked with. Well, yeah, Michael Bay. Michael course. Bay, obviously. I, I know Matthew Vaughn is another director. Uh, oh, that that would be with. amazing. Yeah. Who knows? He may get his buddy J.J. Abrams to direct it. We we may get, like, awesome Power camera. camera. <laughs> Go! Or, or, like, camera lenses flares that are all around the Megazord cockpit. As long as there's a lens flare on the helmets, I'll be happy. Yes. That'd be, that'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a really good nod to Super Sentai, because they, they love their lens flares. How do I sound now, question mark? Much better. Amazing. Better. So much better. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it out. Google apparently doesn't like my setup. Considering the names behind this... What do you guys think, realistically, the budget would be, considering all the films that the writers and Roberta Orsi have worked on, and considering Saban's money budgeting stuff? Oh, Eric, you know I'm terrible with money. Do you think it's realistic to have a $100 million pitcher? Oh, I was thinking $150 million. I would say 100 to $150 million. That's yeah. about where I'm at as well. Um, oh, I'm going to lowball all of you. <laughs> this is the price is right. You don't need to bet a dollar. You forget who's putting money into this. It's time. The I budget of Super Mega Force is like $36.44. That in American dollars or New Zealand dollars? So, oh. But Chris, realistically, what do you think? I think absolute max best case scenario is one twenty five, but I'm gonna say probably more around the seventy to seventy five million dollar mark. Well I'm only thinking that they need more budget for technology with the Zords and potentially transformations. You know, I just thought of something. With Heim's connections worldwide, he can probably get really, really cheap CGI done out of China or India or Taiwan. 
I'm not trying to be a racist here or anything, but oh boy, you could could potentially get really cheap post production. I don't know. We can't just consider Saban brands in this deal. They are not fronting all the money. They are working with Lionsgate. I think this is going to be a 50-50 partnership. They don't just throw pocket change at their projects. They they really dump some good money on the productions that they put out. They're going to treat this as seriously as any other of their productions. They're going to treat this just the same as Hunger Games because obviously they see the potential in the brand and the franchise. I think they're going to throw some money at it. I really think this is going to be a linchpin in Saban Brand's plans in the future. I think they're really riding on this movie. For a comparison, the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers film that was done entirely by Saban and Toei had a $15 million budget. Now, throw that in with a company like Lionsgate, who is actually willing to throw a little bit more at a project. Granted, $15 million back in 1994. Adjusted for inflation, I, that would be, I don't know what. About $50 million. Okay, so 50 plus whatever Lionsgate throws. Let's say Lionsgate matches 50 and they, they have a $100 million budget. I think that the film will be in a good place. Well, obviously, the higher the budget, the better off the film is going to be. It's just yeah. a question of, of whether or not, just because we all can sit here and be like, we like Power Rangers, and they have you know over a million hits on YouTube, that's not going to translate to anything. I mean, once you go from a kid's show and a kid's toy line to a Hollywood movie, it changes. There's skepticism. I mean, yeah. I, remember, I remember covering the first Transformers movie, and it took them three years to even get a studio to agree to do it. And they had to fly Michael Bay to Hasbro and sit him down for like three hours to get him convinced to sign on to the movie. Power Rangers... I like it, I'm a fan of it, but to the casual audience, to, to most people who don't follow it, it's not something that they're going to look at and be like, oh, that'd be cool. They're going to be like, man, that's some weird kid show with spandex. The last two Power Rangers movies were directed by pretty much t- television directors, so they really didn't know what they were doing for you know a feature film release. So if they get like a big name in the director's seat, I really think that might bring people to the, to the theaters. So we have this announcement now of writers, executive producer. Mm -hmm. What's next? Is it director? Is it casting? Director. It's director. Do we have to get a script first and then chop that around to a director? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because they'll they'll probably go through about at least two or three different revisions for the script before they can even go for a director, casting director. And go through another three or four script revisions after that, basically. Right. The director exactly. wants to be. They'll probably need to rewrite the script, want to rewrite the script around the people that they cast. Speaking of actors, with all the names that they've already dropped for this movie, do you think they're going to get well-established Hollywood actors that are going to act like teenagers or are they going to get some fresh up-and-coming faces or maybe a few people that have a couple films on their back already? If they're teaming with Lionsgate as much as we hope they are, Lionsgate is pretty good about getting young, semi-unknown actors who they see a lot of potential in who mm-hmm. end up wowing the audiences. You look at Twilight, Kristen Stewart was a fairly unknown, and as soon as she was in those movies, she was everywhere. You look at The Hunger Games, same thing. The cast was a bunch of kind of unknowns that are huge names now. 
looking at that point, Zach, my only thing is that both the Twilight series and the Hunger Games series were best-selling, incredibly popular books before the movies were made, and I honestly think that they probably could have put anybody in those roles, and they would have been popular. That's my only argument. But I think that they're going to go with some semi-unknowns because it seems to be their MO. It seems to be their formula, and it works well for them. Even if the five teens are unknowns, do you think that they would pin like an A-list actor to a major role, like either Zordon or the main villain? They'd have to. Yep. The fact of the matter is they need a name to sell tickets. Exactly. Um, like and- with Hunger Games, they had Woody Harrelson... Uh, I'm forgetting his name all of a sudden. The singer. Isn't Whoopi in there, too? Oh, uh, no. Whoopi is not in the Hunger Games. <laughs> uh, the Lenny singer. Kravitz. What? Yeah, Lenny Kravitz. Uh, Lenny Kravitz. And they had, uh, Whoopi in that. <laughs> and bringing in Donald... Donald Sutherland. Yeah, Donald Sutherland. That was the big catch right there. Apparently you never watched the Hunger Games. <laughs> I'm always really tired when I watch them, and they're long. So I and Whoopi Goldberg as Katniss. <laughs> oh, dear. No one do a Whoopi impression. I don't God, know. no. Why did I just get a flash of Whoopi Goldberg as Rita Repulsa? Oh, oh We are giving them so many ideas. Oh, God, no. Whoopi Goldberg as Rita Repulsa and uh, Idris Elba. <laughs> Did you say John Goodman? <laughs> no, Ron Perlman. Baby. Ron Perlman as Goldar would be awesome. Idris Elba as Zordon. A oh. black Zordon? <laughs> no, if there's going to be a black Zordon, it has to be Bill Cosby. Power of the Pudding Pop! Because <laughs> we all brought you here today so that you could save the world with a bunch of pudding pops in your hands. Those are jello morphers! <laughs> Give him some skin. The, the product placement writes itself. <laughs> Why not power corns? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you guys have any final thoughts on this movie before we move on to our Ranger Nation answers segment? I am immensely hopeful. As am I. I just really hope the Megazords are very good. RJ, you just want those Megazords so bad. Yes. <laughs> I that's the only Boy. thing I like about Power Rangers is the ro- giant robots. I mean, that's toys. it. And the toys, yes. Think about it. They're not going to s- – they have to sell toys. It's a Power Rangers movie. They're going to have a Megazord some kind of way. Is there going to be a Zord Builder? You know there will be a Zord Builder port. That thing will be loaded with ports, and Raz will find all of them. Chris, any final thoughts? <laughs> I'm eating ice cream. I'm good. So we are going to move on to our Ranger Nation answers segment where we asked what are your thoughts on the new mmpr movie crew news from ranger board which is our first ranger nation answers from ranger board everyone can check out our thread in the advertisements section where you can post your thoughts if you're a member of ranger board there primo Hayam saban said at any rate the screenplay is going to be fantastic i really don't think orsi deserves all the pitchforks i've noticed since yesterday Sure, there have been some subpar work here and there, but nothing god-awful. I'm going to have to agree with him on that point. Yep. Have you guys noticed a lot of negativity regarding this news? I have. There was a thread, where I first saw the news was a thread posted on the Facebook group, Facebook Rangers, 
Yes. Shout out to them. And it seemed like every person was down about uh, Roberto being the executive producer. One commenter even said something to the effect of like, I'm effectively scrubbing the memory of this reboot from my brain now. What movie are you guys talking about? That's a little overdramatic, don't you think? I Very much so. I think that Roberto is going to be fantastic on this film. Yeah, I'm still playing the wait-and-see game. I think it's too early in the process to make any sweeping judgments on this film. That's true. I don't think he's done anything to warrant all the hate. I will say, when I first heard the news... I thought it was complete BS because I thought it was too good to be true. I'm like, there's no way that they got Roberto Orsi and the writers for X-Men First Class. There's no way. I literally thought, I'm like, this is BS. This is someone's fantasy that they created. And to be proven wrong, I was pleasantly surprised. See, the thing with that is that I thought it was fake only because of how much fake stuff had been coming out around the movie. So my first thought is, I don't really believe this right off the bat. Yeah, I was highly skeptical. I'm like, there's no way. And to be proven not even half an hour later that it was true was just fantastic. Because for me right now, Roberto Orsi has worked on two of my childhood franchises, Star Trek and Power Rangers. I'm amazed. I'm shocked about this. I'm hopeful. Moving on to Twitter, Ranger Crew, at Ranger Crew, he said, I'm very pleased with the crew update. I'm not a fan of the Star Trek show, but I love the movies. It's nice that Lionsgate is trying to get known people for the project. This was expected with the Lionsgate name. At this time, the crew names aren't guaranteed whether the movie will succeed or not, but I'm glad Lionsgate is pushing for it. Keep in mind, they're still working with Brian C. and some Saban Brands peeps, so we hope that we get appropriate input from both sides. He said, I chatted with Brian at the past licensing expo. Really nice guy who wants the show to succeed and push for creativity. As mentioned earlier, it is still too early to know the success, but it's nice that we're getting an update to show progression as we take this journey together. Some of us were kids when the first movie came out and didn't get a chance to know much about the inner workings of the movie. With the modern age of social media, we have a chance to hear the movie announcement and now the crew. I'm sure it will take quite some time before a cast is announced, but overall, this is a very exciting time. Overall, I've had huge hopes the movie once Lionsgate was announced. I agree with everything he said. Very well thought out. Yeah, mm-hmm. a good point brought up there at the end is it's going to be a long time before a cast or a director is announced, so everyone just sit back and enjoy the show. And I'm very much looking forward to the behind-the-scenes stuff. A lot of movies take to social media as the movie's being made and like, hey, look, we got some production stills, we've got some screenshots, we've got some you know behind-the-scenes footage of the cast. A lot of people, they do that so that they can, because of social media, they're trying to curb the amount of leaks that happen. With social media, that seems to be the new drawback, is the amount of leaks that wind up happening during the course of production. And we're seeing that with Saban Brands and the Power Force trying to lock down information so it's not leaked. Folks like Morph and K, it's getting harder to find this information because they're locking it down faster to announce it mm-hmm. on their own. Any behind-the-scenes stuff we get, it's going to be through them officially, and personally, I hope it's on a more frequent basis. 
But they've got to be very careful because mm. if they aren't they, they doing that same thing with the new Star Wars movie? Well, sort of, but the Age of Ultron, Avengers stuff, social media stuff that is starting today. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's coming out yeah. what in like six months? Yeah, but it could easily blow up in their faces. I mean, it, going to a different medium, video games. You look at Ubisoft and Watch Dogs; they were just. <laughs> hammering trailers day after day after day. And yes, they made money, but more people than not were just kind of like, I don't want anything to do with the game anymore. I just can't take all these trailers. They were burnt out. Yeah, they they published something like 65 trailers in the course of seven or eight months. Yeah, it's a problem with oversaturation, and you see it in other th- in other ways, too. Personal example is all the time out here, Breaking Bad is the best show, Breaking Bad is the best show, Breaking Bad is the best show. And I eventually I got so tired of hearing it that I vowed not to watch it out of principle. I think that if what the Avengers are doing now with this releasing more and more, if people get too burnt out on it, that's going to result in some less than stellar numbers. Moving on, we have PR Unreleased Music at PR Unreleased. He said, with a solid crew like that behind the brand, I now actually have high hopes that this reboot will be somewhat decent. Kyle at Deadpool underscore Ranger said, I think it's great that they got good people with a great resume, but I'll be more excited when we get castings. Ryan Cox at Ryan Cox 20 said, I think it's a good start. Orsi, as executive producer, was surprising, but then he's doing a lot of stuff these days. I love the writing team. Jonathan Himmelfarb at John from Israel said, As usual, I'm super mega excited. From what (laughs) I've seen so far, the movie is in good hands. Where'd I put that jar? Scott Sandler at DigiRanger1994 said, I think the fact that we have writers experienced in creating sci-fi reboots dipped in darkness and grit is a good sign. That's an interesting point. But they're not too dark. That's the thing. They're not like right. overly overly morbid or depressing. They're just, you know, just right. They have just amount of drama. I'm not going to call it darkness. I'm just going to call it drama. Really makes the movie exciting. Dino Mecha Ranger at Ranger of Mecha said, Really excited. Very happy they got people who have written superhero and sci-fi movies. My excitement has just shot up. Justin Tarlow at Solid Raven said, I think it's great that they are getting good writers for the movie, but it needs a good director and casting. Agreed, but again, it's going to be a while. Yeah. Chris at the Chris 146 says, Fantastic picks. Just hope they understand the franchise. Yeah, I agree with that. And that's something we haven't brought up either, because when the Transformers movies were coming out, or in production, Hasbro flew or came to everybody and said, okay, Transformers 101, here we go. I don't think we're going to get that from Saban. I think they're going to go, I think they'll go, teenagers with attitude, oh, and there are giant robots and spandex. Well, considering that, you know, they can't get some of the things straight in their own products, like the Monopoly game or the Trivial Pursuit, Mm -hmm. even with the help of the Power Force, and even some of the descriptions and text on the Legacy DVD sets. I hope that the writers 
do a little bit of due diligence on their own and not just rely on Saban brands? I'm sure they will. I think that when you get hired to write something like this, if you're any kind of a good writer, you're going to do some research. You know, the DVDs are out. Maybe just watch like the first 30 episodes of season one. It wouldn't take that long, really, to even get the feel of it. Oh, but that's such a hard watch for someone who didn't grow up on it, man. Let's be it, real. It, I've tried going back and watching it. and Mighty, Mighty Morphin did not up. age well. No, it did not. Hey, I'm currently rewatching the entire, well, the whole show, but I'm halfway through Mighty Morphin. It's not that bad right now. It's pretty good. And then the Green with Evil saga kind of, it was good. I know people complain about that, but it was good for what it did. Matt Harrington at Dark Ranger 99 said, so far, so good. I like Transformers and Thor, but they got to get the right director as well. Otherwise, this news won't matter. Solomon D at Solomon underscore D said, I'm liking the lineup attached. Hopefully the film will be taking more seriously with mainstream and smack talkers now. Next, John Yee at the John Yee said, knowing that the writers from X-Men First Class are on board for the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers reboot gives me hope for a more phenomenal movie. Mighty number 233899 at Armorhide TN said, no bay, so I'm hopeful. Well, not, not yet. <laughs> we don't know yet. Knock on wood. <laughs> Baytanical suit designs. Ugh. <laughs> I heard bay tentacles. That's all I heard. <laughs> That's a whole different movie. Moving on to Facebook, Brandon Anderson said, I'm excited for the choices so far and feel we have a chance at a good story. I hope they don't try to make the movie in continuity with the show, though or plug in unnecessary cameos by former actors. Come up with a solid script and storyline that can embrace the essence of the show while giving it a proper adaptation to the big screen. I agree with that mostly, except there's got to be a little bit of a nod back to the past. Yeah. Even if it's just bulk and skull running away from a monster in a scene just for right. a half second. That would be enough. Or they could do like, uh, say, like Digimon did with season three, whereas like the first two seasons never even happened. They were they were TV shows. So maybe something like what like Power Rangers as it is now is pure fiction in this universe. And then a mystical being, a la Zordon, makes it real. Exactly. They're well, sucked into the TV screen and. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I think there should be some tie to the past. Star Trek, the 2009 and Into Darkness, took that even farther by actually including Spock, who is from another universe. Next, Christopher Evans. He's at Chris Evans 17 on Twitter. He said, I am excited. I think these are bold choices for a somewhat uncertain movie. I think this movie has an uphill battle to be taken seriously, and this crew adds a lot of credibility. Regardless of your feelings toward their previous works, it says a lot that they are willing to be part of this, and it says a lot about the faith the studio has to get some proven talent behind the scenes. I think whomever they get to direct will be a real testament 
and I think it will be as big a surprise as this was. Next, we have Jacob Harmon at Jake Harms on Twitter. He said, I am hopeful for the movie. This shows that they are willing to get legitimate talent, and hopefully they have a serious budget to get a solid script. If they keep it up and get a solid director and they market it the right way, I think we'll see an awesome movie. Look at the new TMNT movie. It's being marketed as an action movie more than a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. The same could be done for PR. Make a good action movie first and foremost that just happens to be a Power Ranger movie. I disagree with Brandon, though, in regards to cameos. I think it would be awesome to see old actors in small cameo roles, completely unimportant throwaway roles with hardly any screen time, but it would be nice. Although if he who shall not be named didn't get a cameo, I'd be fine with that. (laughs) (laughs) I have to kind of disagree with with the whole uh, make it an action movie first because that's what they did with with the Dragon Ball movie. An action movie that just so happened to be related to Dragon Ball and it, it didn't work. It was horrible. It was terrible. If it wasn't Dragon Ball, it probably would have been decent, but no. Yeah, but tying those expectations of a franchise name to that yeah. completely ruined it. It, it yeah. does. The movie World War Z, for example, is a is a good indicator oh, of that as well. Everybody was, movie. Exa- everyone's like, oh, God, it's so bad because it's World War Z and it's not how the book was. Right. But from a friend who didn't read the book and just went and saw it, he said, it's a good zombie movie if you say that it's just a zombie movie that happens to be called World War Z. When you tie a production to an existing property, you have to take equal steps with it being its own entity along with being part of a bigger picture. Exactly. I, call, I call World War Z the sequel to 28 Weeks Later. <laughs> it really is if you think about it yeah it's basically 28 months later I agree with what everyone said so far I think it cannot be treated secondary as a Power Rangers movie it needs to be Power Rangers through and through and I want some new ideas but at the same time it needs to call back to the original so you grab those casual fans from the 90s to his point about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie that movie isn't out yet. Mm-hmm. The only thing we know about it are the trailers and some maybe minor stuff here and there. But it's also being released in August, the <laughs> dumping ground for Hollywood. We'll see how good that turns out. And finally, we have our good friend, George Hansen Jr., absolute Ranger. George! George! George. He said, I am excited to have Ashley Miller and Zach Stentz on board for Power Rangers. Both writers did amazing things for X-Men First Class and Thor, bringing the beauty of both films out. X-Men especially had a mix of fantastic premise while having spectacular characters that filled plot holes after the biggest blunder in the series. I'm a bit nervous to have Roberto Orsi on board, but I hope he proves me wrong. He made the Amazing Spider-Man 2 special, as well as the original Transformers. I love the Star Trek films as well, but a lot of the things I hated in them were related to his decisions. Women should never be treated as symbols who have to take their clothes off to bring the wrong audience to a film. 
Star Trek had powerful women whose sexuality came second to development and fun. I hope he proves me wrong because every team of Power Rangers has an equal balance of people. The men and women are equal, and I don't want that change for anything. Orsi also did amazing things with Star Trek and with The Amazing Spider-Man 2. He was a powerful force. I can't wait to see who's going to direct this project and where it is going to be filmed. I'm more excited than ever. Whoever is decided to direct this film, I just want them to know that the cast of Teen Wolf needs to play every part, no exceptions. Oh, George. I knew he would bring Teen Wolf into this. Of course. Have you seen his Twitter feed the last few days? I'm not blind. It's been nothing but Teen Wolf. Wait, what is Teen Wolf? It's the show on MTV, oh. loosely based on the actual film, but like it's <laughs> loosely based, like not even really based at all on it. <laughs> the name is shared. Yeah, I, I, have think... a, I have a quick question as far as you know, the whole women shouldn't be treated as symbols and everything. Okay. Is, is he talking about the scene where where Carol Marcus changes out of her uniform? Because Pretty much, that, because that, that was completely unnecessary in the well, film. It had no impact on the story. Well, there were a lot of things in the in the movie that didn't have impact on the story, but it, but in essence, that didn't have any impact on her character because it was just a moment that was... And they really downplayed the fact that she was changing because she was like, hey, why are you looking? That was kind of a shot to emasculate Kirk. I have to disagree. I think it was completely unrelated to anything in the movie, and... Even though it was, she was just changing her clothes. It didn't need to be shown anyway. I I think all that was for was for the trailer. That's all it was for. Well, there are a lot of things shot in trailers that don't wind up in the final movie. Right, and I didn't want Carol Marcus taking off her clothes because she's she was a strong character in the original Wrath of Khan, and you know she was pretty good in Into Darkness too. But I felt that it was just unnecessary yeah but I'm not gonna I, guess I, just, I guess i just saw it a di- uh, from a different perspective. that was like my favorite scene in the movie i don't know what you guys are watching <laughs> <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm kidding i'm kidding i didn't even see it so i don't even know what you're talking about uh, i just i saw it as rather humorous all right any more final thoughts on this i think uh, the... star trek on what we've been talking about for the last hour and a half. I think the key phrase for a lot of people to remember is time. It's going to take time. Uh, (laughs) 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 Uh, Just get it out now. Vote Time Force. Vote in space. Vote Zio. Vote Nova Fury. <laughs> That's not one of the choices Tomashi gave us. I don't care. It should be. Oh, damn it. Did you not see that? They were like, they got on their Twitter side. No. They got on Twitter, they're like, we have no idea where any of these choices are coming from. I'm like, you said at the Anime Expo panel that we should pick between the three. Well, I don't know. There's no official poll out there. We're like, it's on your Facebook. Oh, we didn't think anyone knew that was there. We just and they and they took it down. They took yeah. down the poll because I sat there and said, well, if you if you don't want this confusion to continue on, you might want to take it down. That poll was the first thing I saw when I liked their Facebook page the other day. <laughs> <laughs> they said, oh, well, with. I, 
With the face got more votes the last two days than it did in the entire year it was up, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, with the, with the Facebook changeover, I guess it got reactivated. Was, well, well, I don't think it works like that. <laughs> Do you know how to internet? But, I mean, they if they give out the call, they gave out the call at Anime Expo. Uh, Toku Nation reported it. Several other sites reported it. I... Obviously, they want to push for more figure arts. It's just the fandom is so divided right now that they said, look, choose between these three. We'll make it happen. Which those three were the top vote getters in that poll. Exactly. Originally. Which I, I can get where they're coming from. Sometimes sometimes you have to put your foot down and just put choices in front of people in order to get them to focus. Personally, I would like them to finish off some of the figure art series that we already have give us the rest of operation overdrive give us the green samurai green samurai give us uh, the rest of kyoruger rest of jetman like get those done first because i i don't like operation overdrive and i'm like "Eh." vote if they can give us uh kuryu cyan and kuryu silver i will be happy death ruger man death ruger Giant and, come on, where's my Decca Break, Decca Master, and Decca Swan yes. three pack? Seriously, they're hanging out. They're hanging out with King Ranger <laughs> and King Ranger, which nope. you will be giving free away to everyone, right, Chris? Eh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> hey, I voted Zio. I did my business. I voted hey. Zio until you called me a hippie. <laughs> where's our SPD Orange Ranger? <laughs> Yes. Yes. Well, see, you you need an in space mold already to make him. <laughs> so yes. No. Oh, I want my figure arts Goldar. That's all I want. I want my figure arts Goldar, and I'll be. You happy. know what? Not only Goldar, but give us a damn, like three pack of putties that we can have <laughs> to like, fight. They have shocker. Oh, awesome. Come on. Yeah, they have the shocker. Let's get a three uh, pa- a putty three pack. <laughs> Anything else regarding this new movie? Final thoughts. Cautiously optimistic. Optimistically cautious. <laughs> yes. Very hopeful. Curious to see what the director and the casting is going to be. And Ron Perlman is Goldar. Oh my god, I can't get that out of my head. If Saban Brands does listen to this, I hope if they take anything away from this podcast, it's that. <laughs> Mir, how about you? Just waiting for a director and the cast and to see where they're going to film in, who's going to do the music for it. Ron Wasserman. Please. Um, <laughs> yes. Lee, how about you? Beyonce. <laughs> All the single rangers. All the single rangers. No, we need some country music up in that movie. If you liked it, you should put a coin in it. Or you should put a morpher on it. <laughs> she finds my sword sexy. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. I can't wait for the casting. It, it's Lionsgate. I have faith that they'll pick the right people. They're going in the right direction. I just don't want them to you know, push it too far. RJ? I have two things. The casting, huh. I'm not going to worry about really until we get more. I probably won't even care about what's going on in the movie until we get a trailer for it. But if we get anybody for Goldar, we get the original. Kerrigan Mayhan back. Yes. Yeah. I yep. think, I want, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think if they're going to bring back Zed, Rita, and Goldar, 
I really want them to use the existing voice talent. If if there's no other cameo except them, let it be them. Yes. And the second, I know what, all I've talked about is the Megazord. All I want to know is, I know it's the Mighty Morphin reboot. Will we get Age of Extinction-style dinosaurs, new revamped from the original dinosaurs, or will we get something not based on dinosaurs? We'll just have to see. My assumption yes. is that we'll get dinosaurs because you got two more years of dinosaurs coming up, starting yeah. in 2015, 16, and with Transformers, you know, not necessarily being popular this time around, but still being successful from a financial standpoint, uh, I think they'll stick with the dinosaur formula, especially if Dino Charge is successful. And especially with uh, 2015 being the year of Jurassic World, we're getting a reinsurgence of dinosaur popularity. And it's really, you can't really call it a Mighty Morphin reboot without putting dinosaurs somewhere in there. Yeah. Oh, pet like plushy dinosaurs that come to life. Like Furbus. <laughs> <laughs> I want my Furbus figure arts. Oh, yes. Yes. On that? Vote uh, Furbus. I'm still waiting for my Furbus ring for my wizard driver. <laughs> God. Furbus. Furbus. <laughs> What if no, for those orcs, thank you. <laughs> what if for those orcs, they all get like mini Tira from Curator Styles orcs? Like you put something, the power coin or something, and the, then they grow big. Oh god, it's 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 like those little like coin drop machines. Yes. Okay. Well, powered by Plinko. Powered by Plinko. They don't have to make the birth driver popping noise as they turn the coin in. The popples tie in. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly at next year's Toy Fair, we find out Saban Brand's got the popple license. (laughs) Hey, it's all confirmed. I wouldn't be angry. Okay. Well, Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. Have questions? Email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. Now, guys, we'll run down the list. Where can everyone find you, starting with Chris? By the time you hear this, San Diego. For all the San Diego Comic-Con coverage, check out TokyNation.com. I am am at Rankle, R-A-N-K-A-L, on Twitter, but I do run TokuNation, which is TokuNation.com, at TokuNation, Twitter, Instagram, blah, 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 blah. Check us out for San Diego Comic-Con coverage starting Tuesday. Goodbye. Matt, where can people find you? YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. <laughs> you can find me on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Matrix. You can find me on Twitter at Balt Matrix. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Matrix reviews, all one word. You can find me on Toku Nation at Balt Matrix. You can find me at TFW, Balt Matrix. You can find me everywhere on the internet at Balt Matrix. Just YouTube, type in Google, YouTube, YouTube. <laughs> uh, Mir, what about you? You can find me on Twitter, Ranger Crew, Ranger Board, and Toki Nation at Nightmare10. And you can also follow my blog, thepowerscubeblog.wordpress.com. Lee? All right. You can find me at the Monkey Grid on Facebook, monkeyranger.wordpress.com. That's our official site. Once I pay for it, it'll change. But, you know, um, (laughs) at Monkey Ranger. At Monkey Ranger on Twitter. 
And also, don't forget on SoundCloud, we have I have a weekly recording called hashtag DJ Monkey Ranger, which just recorded this week to celebrate our first anniversary coming Yay. up on July nineteenth. Congratulations! Congratulations! <laughs> Yay, buddy! RJ, where can people find you? Most of the time, you can find me on Token Nation. Thank you, Chris, for making that awesome site. Uchihabro77. And then you can always find me on Twitter talking to pretty much anyone who will listen and posting country music song lyrics at AnimeRedneck96. That's pretty much where you can find me. RJ is going to get me back into country music. It's going to happen. He's already got me back into country music. <laughs> I will get you all to listen to country music. I live in North Carolina. Oh, that reminds me. Spada, the song you were talking about in the last Talking Toku. Florida Georgia Line Cruise, one of my all-time favorite songs. I love that song. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. So, Zach, where can we <laughs> find you? In a spiral of shame. <laughs> I don't know where that is. Everywhere. You can find me on Twitter, at the Cinema Slob. You can find me on Facebook. Not really. Actually, cut that part out. I forgot. My Facebook's private, I think. I found um, you. I, yes, you did. You're my buddy on there. You'll be my huckleberry all night long. Oh, I don't know what's happening. It's our destiny. It's destiny. destiny. Nope. Yeah, that's where you can find me. I'll be playing Destiny from now until my heart stops beating. <laughs> Yeah, on the clearly inferior system. Uh, um, yeah, so inferior, it got the beta first and for more time. Because it needed all the help it could get. Uh-huh. Uh, you can find me you're, you're, at the... Uh, muting you out. We can find, you can find me everywhere on the internet at TrekkieB47. And we will say goodnight. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 We love you long time. What? (laughs) (laughs) That's what she said. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at Ranger Command PH and like us on Facebook.com slash Ranger Command Power Hour. This has been another great presentation by the Four Radio Network. You can find more information at foridradio.com.